HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. My Family Recipe is a new podcast from Food52 and Heritage Radio Network, bringing you cherished heirloom recipes and the stories behind them. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Item 13, an African food podcast, and I'm your host, Yom Akuaku. Every week, we'll delve into the delicious world of African food, including chefs, curators, and bloggers. Here's the show. I'm thrilled to have Tuani on the show today when we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, um, which if you've been a listener to the show for a while, you know that that is wine. Um, well, welcome, Tuani. Thank you. Um, so we're going to talk all things wine from both an American and South African perspective. And again, for those who listen to the show for a while, you know that I've always loved wine. Like at least in, in my adult life, I've always loved wine. And I think it was um, my enjoyment of wine was um, heightened or, you know, I became more interested in, in wine culture, especially when I lived in South Africa. So I'm excited to talk to you about how you discovered South African wine in particular and how that informed your journey too. So, but first let's start with telling us a little bit about your personal story. So who is Tuani? Where did you grow up? And sort of how did you end up in the wine world? So, to speak? <laughs> so yeah, so my name is Tawny Price and I grew up in South Central Los Angeles, actually. So oh. um, yeah, so I grew up in South Central Los Angeles. I did not grow up around wine or a wine family. My parents are not going to the Hamptons for the weekend. <laughs> um, none of that. My mother was basically entertaining um, her girlfriends in our house, um, mm. making sangria for them with the big jug of Carlos Rossi wine. Um, and that was my memory, my first memories of wine. Um, yeah. And then, um, so then how do you go from that to becoming almost like a wine connoisseur, if you will? So I remember it like in terms of when I was preparing for this, I remember you sharing about going to visit um, a hotel and yeah, you so, had an experience um, there if you want to share <laughs> about how sort of yeah. that inspired then your decision to sort of help make wine less complicated for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, so that's exactly how my journey from the novice wine drinker to wine educator of the year started. Um, I was wanting to learn more about wine and I worked for the St. Regis Hotel, the Century Plaza Hotel. And, 
and I worked in the accounting office Mm -hmm. and the folks in the accounting office, um, well, I was like asking people who were like high up at the company, like, do you know anything about wine? Do you know anything about wine? Or what can you tell me? What should I be drinking? And nobody knew anything. And so I was working in accounting and my manager was like, oh, you're doing an amazing job. I want to treat you and whoever you want to dinner in the restaurant. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. So I invited my mom and my sister to the restaurant. And um, since I was hosting the dinner, people for pouring the wine and taking the orders for the wine. Mm -hmm. Um, So not pouring the wine, but taking the order for the wine. So um, I didn't know how to pick the wine on the menu. I didn't know if a Chardonnay was a red wine or a white wine. (laughs) It really just looked like a foreign language to me. And the Somalian who was helping us was so snobby that um, I just felt embarrassed and I felt intimidated. And so then after that dinner, I said, I want to learn as much about wine as I can. And then once I learn it, I'm going to share it with other people. And so that's what I did. I launched my business during wine tasting after many years of entertaining people in their home and my home with wine and starting a book club, not a book club. It was a wine club with my friends and um yeah yeah i saw that yeah i saw that you started a wine club first called the the distinguished blackberries like Uh, you went way you went way back in the research (laughs) yes 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 i found distinguished blackberries i was like oh okay yeah the name and then like what, what what the club was like in terms of like how you formed it who what was it about and then how that then built up to 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 zuri wine which so, we'll then talk about next the club was basically like a group of my friends um back in los angeles i have a lot of friends that i've known since like second grade mm. since junior high school so it was basically that group of girls and I was like don't you guys want to learn more about why and they were like we should so one person started the wine club like they yeah um I mean not not one person started the wine club we all started the wine club mm. but one person was responsible for food and for wine and so we'd go to each person's house once a month and then they'd have to like either cook a meal or they'd have to order something in and then pair it with wine. So my first one that I did was um, Chianti and um, it was Sancho Vese and spaghetti. So everything Chianti or Sancho Vese spaghetti. And then my one friend, she did like a corner and blue chicken with oh. um, Gardenay. So it was really us just exploring wine mm-hmm. through culture and food. Great. And so you go from that to now owning like, a multifaceted wine company is what I'll call it. Zuri Wine Tasting. So, <laughs> now tell us, first of all, where did the name Zuri come from? And then like share with us the different aspects of the business because you do a lot. <laughs> I will. So it's an international multifaceted wine Oh company. yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, but Zuri Wine started, um, well, it came about, I'm, I, I'm not the creator of it, but I am... Um, a fan of this wine mm. and the I'm so sorry I just lost my train of thought so you, um, you're saying you were not the creator of it so Zuri wine is, is an actual wine um no 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 I'm sorry I'm not the creator of the name Zuri wine okay okay, I mean, okay Zuri wine means beautiful in Swahili I'm oh, so I sorry see. it's like it's like 11 46 here <laughs> I've been oh, running no. around. I've been Wait, running where around where are you calling? Day. Where are we having this conversation? I'm in Cape 
I'm in Cape Town, South wow, Africa. Right now. Hey, so you know, I was yeah, wondering, yeah. I was like, I wonder if she's in I literally so I actually thought, oh, this is the middle of the day for because I thought you were in LA. So I was like, this is the middle of the day. No, for no, me, no. But okay. This is like 1147. <laughs> oh man. I usually work, I usually work American hours, but today my friend she had a Mexican party. Aww. And then um, my girlfriend's sister is over with her kids. And I've just been running around Aww. all day. So my well, we, we appreciate so, you, know. We appreciate you making the time <laughs> to share with us. Thank you. So <laughs> Zuri, when I say I wasn't the creator of it, what I meant was I discovered Zuri because I was in college and I was, um, every summer I would come and I would go to summer school at USC. Hmm. <clears throat> and during that time, that's when they would have the football camp. And there was this football player and his name was Zuri. And he was the most beautiful man I had ever seen. <laughs> like, I had okay. the biggest crush on him. It was ridiculous. I had the biggest crush on him. So then I just remembered that name Zuri. Hmm. And then I remember like researching it like years later, finding out that it meant beauty. And then I was like, you know, it just kind of fit yeah. when I was thinking about a name for my wine business because I wanted something to be culturally reflective yeah. and not boring, even though I was going to name it like wine 101, wine fun, <laughs> just wine, simple wine. And I had Zuri wine on the list. And so when I showed my boyfriend at the time the list and he was like, Zuri wine is the one. So we, um, so that's how the name Zuri came about. So Ooh. Zuri means beautiful in Swahili. And, and I think what, that wine tasting is beautiful. <laughs> and then what are the different offerings that your business has in terms of, so the mission of Zuri Wine, I'm going to help you out now because I know it's, it's super late for you. So the mission of Zuri <laughs> Wine um, tasting is to make wine more fun, more approachable. Um, I think your tagline is, wine is complicated we make tasting simple so yes you know <laughs> you are hired hello um thank you thank so you, yeah thank you. <laughs> so what That's are the different been... programs um offerings product services that you offer um in in service of your mission so basically i'm really really big on wine education right mm. so anytime somebody wants to learn about wine I get super excited, even though I don't know it all, yeah. but it's fun to explore and it's fun to discover things that you didn't know beforehand and you could just, you know, discover them through wine. So um, some of the things that I offer, I offer wine tours in Napa Valley and wine tours in South Africa. Um, I host um, classes. So right now I do a couple of, every Saturday I do a class at Grub and Vine that's called, um, what is it called? Um, I do a class. I do a, a, a palette building class. Mm. Um, I do a wine one-on-one class. Um, yeah, so I just offer a few different classes and then the wine tours. Okay. The wine tours are called Sip with Soul because in my wine tours in both Napa Valley and in South Africa, <clears throat> I seek and I discover um, Black people that work for wine farms that are in leadership cool. positions. So, for example, if you come on a wine tour with me in South Africa, our first stop might be like a tour of the vineyards with the vineyard manager who happens to be Black. Um, well, not happens to be, who's purposely Black because <laughs> yeah. I go to farms that have Black people in leadership. So then um, the next farm we might go to, for example, might be a farm like this one farm spear and they have a black winemaker she makes all their organic wines and her name is tanya so 
Oh, cool. Um, I did know that. Happened. Yeah, I interviewed um, yeah. in 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 Bela, I think she, that's her name. Uh, from, yeah, with um Aslina Lines, right? Um, I interviewed her a while that's back. It, yes. Yeah, such I an inspirational she's story. Yeah. yeah, she's one of my favorite humans in the world. Um, <laughs> we both volunteer for this group called PYDA. But yeah. Oh, cool. So, and we can, we can also talk about that later. But before we even move forward, like, because I want us to to help people understand that you have a bi-continental business that, you know, you're in LA part of the year, you're in South Africa part of the year. You shared why, you know, LA, you know, you're born, born and raised in, in that area. What's your connection to South Africa? How did you land on South Africa as like the you know first of all the place to go to and then secondly decide oh I'm gonna you know have part of my business be in South Africa too. So I have been traveling the world literally from different wine regions tasting wine just experiencing wine culture. I've been to Italy, I have been to um, Paris, France, I had been to um, I hadn't really been to Cape Town in um, explored the wine, the world of wine yet, but I have been doing this exploration. And um, I said, you know what, before I go to another European country, let me come to the Netherlands. And so I came to South Africa and none of my friends wanted to come with me. They all thought it was too far. It was going to be not boring. Um, so I came to South Africa as soon as I stepped off the plane. I just fell in love with South Africa. I mean, I just felt like um, it just called my name. I heard a whisper that said, welcome home. And um, I fell in love with the wine community, the wine culture. Um, in South Africa, a lot of people in the wine industry look like me. They're people mm. of color. Um, some of the best sommeliers in the world for the best restaurants are here in South Africa. Like, you don't even understand what that it's like, you know, I can live in LA for a long time and not have lunch with like one of the top Psalms at the best restaurants, or I could, but it's not likely, but yeah. here in Cape Town, it's likely. Um, and where I live, I live right in the middle of the city. There's so many different wine bars, literally right across the street. So if I'm at a wine bar any given night, I can just kind of pop from wine bar to wine bar. <laughs> you never know like what winemaker you might yeah. see in the street. So it's just a really good life in Cape Town. Yeah, that's cool. That sounds amazing. I miss I miss my time in in South Africa <laughs> so much. Now, as you, I, no, you I can literally picture, about. yeah, I can literally picture downtown Cape Town as you say that. Um, yeah, that's ooh, brings back memories. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, cool. Okay, so you you brought up some stuff about like being the only person of color and I want to talk about that when we come back from the break in terms of the diff some of just dive into some of those differences um between like the American wine landscape if you will and the South African wine landscape so I want us to do a little bit of wine education when we come back from the break uh, I want to talk about the differences that you find in like um, so maybe let's be more specific like wine from the Napa region versus like Cape Town wine um and then your observations on the industry differences logistics the you know labor and all of that good stuff and then I want to talk about some of the work you do in South Africa around like you mentioned 
the volunteer work that you do. Um, and then also the Black Seller Club, I also want to talk about. So there's a lot to talk about when we come back from the break. So we'll take a break now. And then when we'll come back, we'll dive into all of that good stuff. Good food is worth a thousand words. This is Arthi Menon, and I'm delighted to share a new podcast with you. My Family Recipe from Food52 and Heritage Radio Network. Adapted from Food52's much-loved column of the same name, the My Family Recipe podcast will bring its pages to life. Each episode of My Family Recipe brings you a cherished heirloom recipe and the story behind it from voices across the world of food. We'd open these tubs of dough and they would exhaust these incredible yeasty fumes and it just smelled like nothing else. It was so intoxicating. I'll interview writers and chefs, parents and children about what's passed down along with the foods that we know and love. Chinese people aren't like born with a download on how to like velvet chicken. You know, like that's not something that just like comes to you. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. So we're back from our break and we're going to dive into some of the topics I mentioned. So first of all, the differences between like, you know, American wine is so good, like wine from the Napa region and like Cape Tonian wine, I should say. Like, what do you find in terms of flavor profile, different types of wine? Well, it's hard to, it's hard to generalize, but I will yeah. say this in general. I love both wine regions. I'm, I'm from California, so <laughs> I love Central Central Coast, Napa Valley. Central Coast is probably one of my favorites, right? Mm. The difference between wines from the United States and fi- wines from South Africa is South Africa is considered new world, but it's actually mm. old world wine. And that's because the soils are so old here and so deep and so rich that it's just, it's old world wine. And then um, the next, so that's the biggest difference mm. between the United States and South Africa. South Africa has really deep soils. Um, they're able to com- they're able to produce complex wines um, without any sugar, like no residual sugar, mm. and the wines are just delicious. So it's all about the concentrated flavors in the wine because the vines are old, because the dirt is old. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then in terms of like, because you decided to touch on that a little bit. I thought it was interesting that you thought that you ran into more, but maybe that's true, that you thought you ran into more Black people. Because my experience, I feel like my experience in Cape Town specifically was that, and maybe I didn't know where to go, was that there were more, um, or at least maybe this maybe this is the difference. Because I can't, maybe because I come from like, the country on the continent and I'm used to seeing like more black people everywhere it was no, a, a no, little bit absolutely. of a shock to my system <laughs> to go you're to places right. and just be um surrounded by black person. Yeah, yeah yeah in certain Have spaces right and, besides the people working there right exactly yeah so one thing that's what I noticed too right so I noticed that same exact thing and um so that's kind of like why my mission is I, I feel like in Cape Town too in South Africa I also have a mission like a, mm-hmm. a social equality entrepreneurship mission right yeah. and that's to make sure that black people are 
you know, educated in not only the professional part of the wine lifestyle, but also the social part of the wine yeah. lifestyle. I feel like um, <sighs> Black people are so busy working in South Africa that they're forgetting yeah. to enjoy culture of wine in South Africa, you know, and it's, it sounds like a trivial statement, but it's really, it's really key, you know, and it's really key for us to feel like we belong in these places. Mm -hmm. I think so apartheid and you have segregation, black people feel like they can't go to certain places, right? Like they don't feel welcome or they don't feel like they, they qualify to be there, which is ridiculous, right? Because it's stupid. But, um, cause we qualify and we should be anywhere we want to be. Yeah. That's why I say it's stupid. But anyway, so that's part of my social entrepreneurship mission while I'm in South Africa. And you're right. When I, my sister came here in 2018 and I was showing her around, um, she was like, well, where are all the Black people at? Because <laughs> I didn't know at the time. I only knew the Black people who worked in the restaurant. I didn't know mm -hmm. too much about the, the lifestyle. So um, that was early in 2018. And then by 2019, one of my businesses that I started to is called Cape Town Club Crawl. And it, oh. basically, takes to, it basically takes you to the, um, the Black clubs where there's hip-hop, there are Black-owned mm -hmm. clubs. They play hip hop music. And then also, I'm also like a lifestyle curator for when people come to Cape Town. So if you come to Cape Town, I'm going to tell you about Marco's, which is one of the oldest black owned restaurants where the guy owns the restaurant, the actual restaurant, mm -hmm. and he owns the restaurant brand, um, which is unique. I'm going to take you to the taxi rank where the local South Africans hang out and show you it's kind of like a swap meet, you know what I mean? And show you. Mm -hmm how they buy their products, how they sell their products. And um, just definitely try to make sure that, you know, I think, and I'm always preaching, but I think it's a disservice if you come to this country and you don't spend at least 25% of the money that you're spending with a black owned company, like directly yeah. to a black person. Um, so I show people black owned businesses when mm -hmm. I come here. That's as, cool. Along with Black-owned wine farms, you know and I mean? I definitely focus on the Black-owned wine experience, but, like, definitely other things I show them as well. Yeah. Sorry for such a long answer. No, 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 that's great. That's great. Um, And one of the things I read, and you can tell me if this is no longer true, the things I read was, you know, as part of that, you know, uh, your, that mission that you were working with um, a Natasha Box um, to create a South African wine company, so that you could work on a, um, a marketplace for wines that are made, made by people of color. Oh, now, so me and Natasha, I don't work, no, Natasha, she's the managing director of this place called Cultivate, mm -hmm. which is not my, not my brainchild, not Cultivate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I support Cultivate 100% and I'm tasting there and I invite people to taste there whenever I can because I love the concept. Natasha and I have been friends since the day we met and we would often have these conversations mm -hmm. about how to ensure that Black people are inserted in every part of the value chain in the wine industry. And so honestly, Cultivate was something that we talked about. Mm -hmm. We just didn't have the funding, you know? Yeah. But this woman, Zahira, she actually got the funding and she designed this whole beautiful, beautiful, wonderful center that's a retail space for Black-owned brands. It's a tasting room for Black-owned brands. Oh. And it's a distribution center for Black-owned brands. So someone's created that then. 
Mm-hmm. Is it here or there? Nice. Cool. And then um, one of the things too that you're a part of is the, the Black Seller Club um, of Black people in the wine industry. Do you want to talk a little bit yeah. about that too? And like who's involved and like what do you, what's the mission of the club and like what sort of activities so, do you do? Another thing that I didn't start, but I am on the board of directors for the Black Seller Club. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm on the executive board. And so when I came here in 2000 and I came here in 2016, but when I came here in 2018, I got invited to one of their Black Mondays. Mm-hmm. And basically Black Monday is when a wine farm invites the Black Cellar Club out and they treat us to lunch. We do wine tastings with the winemakers. It's very much um, an, an, what do you call it? Um, when you go all in and yes it's very much an immersive experience so and it's educational um, and it's social too so um, I fell in love with Black Seller Club I was like oh man this is great and it's free to members you know Mm -hmm. Um, the winemakers really go the wineries really go out to make sure that they're showing us the best of South African wines and um so, yeah, so then that's when I joined and then, you know, they didn't really have a social media presence. And at the time I had some free time on my hands. So I was like, oh, let me manage your social media page. Mm-hmm. So once I started managing a social media page, I just became more and more involved. And then I started planning some programming. Then I got really involved during COVID. Even before COVID, I had started this study group for WSET and we would meet in my apartment. And then after COVID hit, um, I thought the study group was a good idea and it was helpful. So I was like, you know what? Let's just do it online. Everybody's at home anyway. Um, so I started the study group where we meet twice a week and we were studying for our WSET level two exam. Um, what is so that? Yeah, so what's what's the WSET for those that don't know? Oh, it's the Wine and Spirit, Wine and Spirit Education Trust. Okay. So it's this. Um, education board for the entire wine industry. It's international. It's based in the UK, but it's recognized internationally. Mm -hmm. And that's where you can become certified, like um, certified in your wine knowledge. You know, they have four levels. They have level one, level two, level three, they have diploma. And then after that, you can go into the mainstream of wine, which will be the master of wine, um, which other organizations feed into that as well. But yeah, so I'm a I took my level two and I passed that with distinction. Ooh, congrats. <laughs> Thank you very much. I took level three, but I took level three right before COVID. Mm. No, I took level two. I took level three right after COVID, like this year. I took level mm, three in the middle of COVID. Because yeah. Because of COVID. But because of COVID, they're like backlogged. So it's taking forever for me to get my results. <laughs> I hope. I hope that I pass because it's part of my overall. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, And even kind of related, I guess, you were um, nominated and awarded uh, Wine Educator of the Year. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that? The award and what it it means to you. I'm super proud of that. Can you just say it one more time for the people in the back? (laughs) I was awarded. She was awarded um, Wine wine Educator of the Year by the Hugh Society, right? Yeah. (laughs) Wine educator of the year. And you know, I'm super proud of that because from the beginning, the model for my business is wine is complicated. We make tasting simple. Mm. And like I mentioned before, 
I've always wanted to educate people about wine and do it in a fun way so that people felt engaged, they didn't feel intimidated. So that's just been my model since the beginning. So to get something like Wine Educator of the Year, it's like somebody saying, hey, I see you. Hmm. I see you. I see what you're doing. I appreciate the work. Um, that's why it's so important to me that I got that award because I felt like, hey, somebody sees me, my peers, you know what I mean? Like people with professionals just like me, they're like, hey, you're doing a great job. Keep going. Um, so yeah. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I'm, I'm that. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Congrats. Um, and so then what is next for us? So, you know, you're getting your awards and your, you know, your certifications and all that good stuff like what's next for Zuri Wine like in terms of like upcoming events or collaborations maybe or just like a big vision I guess for what Zuri Wine could become the big the big vision so I have two big visions that I'm Mm. working on right now um, the first is, and this is the mainstay, this is this is the thing, <laughs> is the reason that I took level three is because after I take level three and I pass that, then I can enter, um, if I'm nominated, which I'm, I'm sure I'll be nominated, but then I can enter the um, educational training program where I can be a teacher in WSET and I can like host classes so that you know under the umbrella right yeah that's the next step and then after I do that for a year or two maybe I can stack some money raise some money and I can open up my own wine school so eventually I'd like to have my own wine school oh my gosh that's that's incredible yeah in South Central LA and then also in Cape Town um oh, where people fun. can take their WSET so that's my main that's that's like what I'm working for for the mm. rest of my life right now <laughs> and then <laughs> and then the side project the smaller project but just as important is um I want to tell the world about South African wines I just mm. think that it's a beautiful region that hasn't been explored enough that doesn't get the proper recognition that it should because they're doing really amazing things here making amazing wines at great price points. But um, I'm working on a series, a docu-series called Chasing Harvest. So Chasing Harvest basically is going to be me going to the nine different wine regions and um, showcasing what happens during harvest time. Oh, that's amazing. So much going on. So much good stuff going on. That's great. Um, Awesome. Um, before we transition to rapid fire, uh, could you tell people where they can find you online? So social media, your website, if they want to learn more about your work, um, yes, go on wine easy. tours, wine tastings, yeah. all that good fun stuff. I also do like wine itineraries. Like if you want to go to Napa and I can't show you around because I'm in South Africa, I could build a really great Ooh. itinerary for you. Um, but you can find me on my website, zuriwine.com. That's probably the easiest way mm. to purchase any products, like my itineraries, my wine tours, my classes. Um, I do a lot of virtual classes as well, so you don't have to think that you just have to pop up. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. You can take a Zuri Wine class. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Zuri Wine Tasting, Facebook, um, all of social media sites, Zuri Wine Tasting, or you can look me up for my name, Twani Price. I just built 
this reputation in a um it's been a long time so if you just google <laughs> yeah it takes a while to build up right you know people think yeah, it's, it's an google. overnight success but you know it takes a while to build that kind of reputation and, and uh, yeah i didn't just land in this wine <laughs> <laughs> Cool, awesome. And I will share the link. So when I'll share it in the show notes when it comes out and also when we promote it on social media, we'll tag you so people know where to find you also on the socials. On the socials. Um, okay, great. Yes. So <laughs> let's wrap up now with our rapid fire question. They're just fun, um, easy questions, I think. <laughs> that you know, let's let's that gets people to learn a little bit more about you. So the first one. Um, which I just thought about is um, if you had to choose, so these are either or, right? So each sort of choose one. Um, LA or Cape Town? Oh my gosh, um, Cape Town, because that's where I am right now, but I love them both. Uh, that's a cop out, but okay. <laughs> um, red, red wine or white wine? Definitely red. Hmm. And then are you a breakfast person or more of a dinner type person? Definitely love dinner and long dinners that just mm. take forever. And then if you could have more money or more free time, what would you what would you prefer? Ooh, more money. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because someone told me once they're like, well, if I have more money, I can create my own free time. So I was if yeah. I had more money, then my free time would be way more exciting. Yeah. Got yeah. Right. <laughs> and then the and last then too, if I'm making more money, it would be doing something that I want to do. So yeah. yeah. And then the last question is, what what would you do? What would you do? Which I feel like I know the answer to already based on what you've shared. But what would you do if you knew you could not fail? <sighs> What would I do if I knew I could not fail? I mean, like, uh, exactly what I'm doing right now. <laughs> right. Like, living my best life in Cape Town, working on my wine school. <laughs> yeah, I figured you'd say that. Um, great. So that that's it. We we wrapped up. Um, thank you so much. This was great. I was fascinated by your story, especially and jealous actually of your ability to live like both on the continent and in the US. Um <laughs> doing wine and I think what you're doing in terms of showcasing South African wine to the to the rest of the world in in the different sorts of education spaces that you're curating is fantastic and then also showcasing like I I lived in South Africa for two years and I literally only knew of uh, Maslina wines and it sounds like they're definitely from what you were sharing like definitely more winemakers and songs and you know all sorts of different other black people people of color there I guess, are, too. There's a whole and I just was not yeah so just even coming across your story like I was blown away by by that the existence of that whole community so I'm excited to be to go back to South Africa someday and uh, partake in in all of that good good stuff with my with my peoples um, yes your people come back to us <laughs> yes yes for sure so thank you so much and I appreciate you also staying up late to do this um I'm trying to be respectful of your time so we'll keep it short but um thank you again this was really insightful well you're welcome I'm just happy I was able to pick up my energy levels <laughs> <laughs> awesome thanks <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. You have a great day, great night.
Thank you for listening to Item 13, an African food podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. To keep up to date, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Item 13 Podcast. Item 13 is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.